people pre-culture to be all kinds of things and not know that culture is also in the way that we live which is why we need to work towards being a self-sufficient country that we don't rely too much on like importation Hey guys, welcome back to Grassroots Radio. It's me, your host, Danique Bird, returning to you from a post-COVID world. Well, probably not accurate to say post. We're still working through this pandemic situation, doing the best we can as individuals and as nations. And yes, this episode is long overdue because my version of doing the best that I can involved putting a lot of things down (laughs) during this time. But I'm happy to be here picking it back up again. We're still here. We still love and appreciate all of you who listen to the show and who support the new grassroots in other ways. And we are especially grateful for everyone who reached out during the absence to say, hey, what's going on with the show and to, you know, show a little extra love. We appreciate you 10,000%. Long before COVID-19 was on the tip of anyone's tongue, I interviewed Rasha Jibba, who is a young musician in Antigua and Barbuda, and learned that he's also a young farmer. And in this episode, we actually get into talking about what would we do in Antigua and Barbuda when our supermarkets close or we become unable to import the products that we have become accustomed to. This is something that a lot of us have thought about at one point or another. However, the present pandemic situation has forced those issues to the forefront in a way that I'm hoping will last beyond our present moment of crisis. It also got me thinking about an article that I read by Otto Scharmer, who is the creator of Theory U, which is the theoretical foundations on which the new grassroots is actually built. And I'm just going to read you an excerpt. This is what he had to say about COVID-19 and our present moment. If the coronavirus crisis has brought anything home, it's that we, each of us, separately and together, can change the system. Remember how distant that strange virus from Wuhan seemed to many of us when it first hit the headlines in early January? That was just a few months ago, and it's a powerful demonstration of our current global condition of interconnectedness. The coronavirus situation provides an opportunity for all of us to pause, reset, and step up. COVID-19, like any disruption, essentially confronts each of us with a choice. One, to freeze, turn away from others, only care for ourselves. Or two, to turn towards others to support and comfort those who need help. That choice between acting from ego or acting from ecosystem consciousness is one that we face every day, every hour, every moment. The more the world sinks into chaos, desperation, and confusion, the greater our responsibility to radiate presence, compassion, and grounded action confidence. Enjoy the rest of this episode with Ras Jibba. Stay safe, be well, walk good. Hi, this is Ras Jibba. I'm 24 years of age and I'm an upcoming reggae artist in the island of Antigua and Barbuda. You recently 
kind of thrust into the limelight when you opened at the One Nation concert for Grammy winner Coffee. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, what was that experience like for you? It really just felt like, you know, like I would have done any other performance. It was just on a scale in front of a lot more people, and it was just before a Grammy-winning artist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of pressure, but, yeah, it was good. It was really, <laughs> it was, like, probably my best experience on stage doing my own music. And what had been, like, your primary experience, like, performing before that? Where were you playing, and how did you get to that stage? Well, I mean, I really started the music in school, so like in around 2012, when I did like stuff for um, Carnival Time, it was Teen Splash. I went in for Teen Splash and there was a voice competition outside my school as well. I went to PM school, PMS. And after that, it just really kind of just increased me. When I, like I went overseas as well, like just on like, family vacations and got to perform at different places like DC, Connecticut, Jersey, the Queens, met up with a lot of artists. And it just really balanced out from there that I was always interested in music. I just never really went out doing my own thing like that. So what would have been, was the Teen Splash your actual first experience kind of performing in front of a big audience? Yeah, with a live band. Right. What did you perform? Um, I did a song for Shaggy called Church Healing because in that time, when I just started out, I really could impersonate Shaggy like on point. So people would actually think that Shaggy was singing live on stage. Oh, wow. You want to give us a piece? Really wish I could go back into that voice. Now, I'm not going to lie. I would have used it like, <laughs> oh, no. But now you're, you found more of your original voice and that's where you're you're kind of living yeah i'm really trying to live within that develop it mold it you know shape it into what it needs to be because it really was the only reason a lot of people didn't hear about me because i knew i couldn't find the sound that i was looking for as yet in no way do i know how to describe it to anyone Mm -hmm. i just know that when people hear it it's supposed to have an impact you're supposed to feel it based on the frequency that i give off why is it important to you, like as a person, as a musician, to have positive messages in your music? Because nobody else is doing it. And it's something mm-hmm. that the world knows is very much needed because music is very influential to everyone. Everything that everyone does is because of music. Music motivates you to work or music motivates you to, ex- to like literally go to work or, mm-hmm. you know, to get through the day or to relax. Music really has a a major effect on people so like especially the younger generation some of the music that they listen to do today cause them to basically be like you know gangster people and bad man mm-hmm. and the girls and them set a kind of way and you know I'm, I'm i'm looking at it and i know for sure that's not what i would want my children to come into the world and see and you know think is okay this is the norm and this is accepted and this is the right way to do things because i mean if no one is going to spread a positive message, then everyone's just leading the youths them astray. And so then there's just going to be more violence, more corruption in the world, and then we're not going to see no kind of peace. Very true. Yeah, so it's just to spread that. Once I plant one positive seed in the minds of the youth, them, it may not happen event- like immediately, right? Mm-hmm. But over a period of time, the fruit must be a day, must see the good in what I said eventually. 
So right. that's just my mission to keep planting those positive seeds in the youth, then mine. And so what are some of the like the reactions or the impact that you're already seeing that your music is having on people, especially after doing something like the One Nation concert? Yeah, I've been receiving a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people seem to full joy the, um, the performance because, you know, it was probably the first time for a lot of people to see me. Mm-hmm. So they, re- they really didn't know what to expect. And then when they saw it for the first time, they received it well enough. And it was just all positive feedback. But I mean... I, I got a few of what I was really looking for, which were like the tough critiques, like to know what it is, you know, I could have improved on and so forth. I got a few of that. That's really what I look for the most because I'm always trying to get better at it because I know I'm I'm still learning. I'm just starting out. So it's going to be a lot that I need to learn in this time. And so what would you say are some of the the challenges that you faced in getting to this point? I mean, especially because you're doing something that isn't typical of the culture that you're in. The biggest challenge that I probably faced was really and truly just a lack of confidence just because I knew the nature of how everyone else would prefer to hear their music, like the kind of music everyone else prefers to listen to versus mm-hmm. the kind of music that I sing. But then I kind of just limited myself in my mind when I did that and felt like, oh, well, I'm only singing for this set of people to accept me. When there's music for everyone around the world. Mm-hmm. So okay. outside of my lack of confidence in myself and like my sound and in the music, because that's really why I didn't really have much music out. It was just because I didn't have confidence in myself at the time. How did you overcome time, that? Yeah. I had to go within myself and I had to just accept that really and truly, this is my vibes. I feel good when I do it. I, I know I love it the instant I start making it. Just don't let that inside voice come in and say, oh, but somebody might not like this and they might not like that. Like, just ignore those negative thoughts and those doubts. Because, I mean, if I continue to do that, I'll never actually, like, do any music ever. Yeah, and that's something I think a lot of people can relate to, no matter what it is that we're trying to do. You got doubts and you feel like there's somebody better than me doing the same thing, so why bother? But we're all unique, right? We all have something to contribute. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a random question, but is it true that your principal at the Princess Margaret School actually gave you your name? Yes, it's true. Yo, listen, yeah. Let me <laughs> yeah, what's the story? Every last thing that exists right now pertaining to me, like doing music, the name, anything like literally pm school is where it all started mr green was the he was the Mm -hmm. principal of the school and he was in blue house and i was also a part of blue house and when i started doing like theater arts and so forth he saw like i was good in acting and so the inter-house talent competition that we have normally blue house never loses drama and one of the plays that i was in i got the name juba and that just happened to be the first play that I actually had to sing in. Mm. So then that was kind of one of the um, the names that stuck. Because normally after any play, all the other names would stick for a while and then they fall off. But that one stuck there for sure because, you know, it was more incorporated in the singing and so forth. So people were like, oh, okay, Joba. Right. So at this time, like, is music your full-time thing or do you also do other stuff besides? 
Yes and no. Okay. Yes and because currently I'm sitting in the studio and mm-hmm. that's considered work right now, full time. But sometimes I have to go home and do farming. And, you know, it's, it's just really a balance between farming and music. That's All right, that's it. cool. A young farmer. Guess what? If you don't farm your food, when they can't provide for you, what are you going to eat? Good question. Yeah, all right. What happens <laughs> in the supermarkets? Them closed down. Or we can't import no more food on the ships. And then we don't have enough food on the island to feed everyone for a day. What's going to happen? Well, violence. That's what's going to happen. Okay. It's an interesting question because, you know, it's an island and we import everything that we need for daily life and people just take it for granted that, hey, I'm going to go down the road and shop at the supermarket. But, I mean, that could all disappear very easily, a lot more easily than people want to think. Which is why we need to work towards being a self-sufficient country, that we don't rely too much on, like, importation and that we also, like, export because we have a lot of resources that people need as well. We just don't even have as much people that take the time to practice the crafts or like certain crafts like pot, like um, clay, 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 you know, when they make the clay pots. Yeah, the pottery. Pots as well. Like things like that need to be passed on, like down generations and generations. So, it, so it's continuous because like if it dies out, then we don't really have no culture. People pre-culture to be all kinds of things and not know that culture is also in the way that we mm-hmm. live. And the things that we do. So, I mean, if we're just going to let our culture die like that, it's going to be very sad. Yeah, it seems like we're more interested in being like American culture, like just yeah. a consumer culture, than actually preserving what's unique about our island. And the thing is, when they come here to our islands, they are coming to look for what we have, what we mm-hmm. live like. They want to experience that. When they come down here and then they see, oh, you guys have Burger King like us. You guys have these stores like us. You guys have this setup like us, like us. Okay, so why do we really come to the Caribbean outside of the beaches and the sun? Give them some culture. Yo, if I had my way with Heritage Key, sorry for the government. If I had my way with that place, <laughs> that there was so much culture in that, there was music in that, yo, the people would not even want to leave Heritage Key. That just don't make sense to me. You don't actually have anything cultural like, Ah, and then to call it heritage right exactly exactly yeah sometimes it's like who is really who's really running this place well i guess over time we will observe and see because the people seem to forget that they have just as much as say they are the people that the government actually have to take care of as a part of the country because the country is not just for the people that run it it's also for the people that live in it the problem is the people are so segregated amongst themselves that then we don't even have any proper vision for what we want the country to be, like where we want it to develop and go. So we just rely on them to make whatever move. And whether it's right or wrong, we either complain or just deal with it. What would That's be it. your vision? Like if someone put you in charge of a, let's say, a 10-year vision for Antigua, what would you like to see happen? educating facilities first of all to teach the country about their culture the country themselves would have to know things before i just put in place because then who would i hire who who would be in these cultural places that i set forward Mm -hmm. with the knowledge to even share with the people that are coming to get it 
So like the country itself would actually have to go learn their history and culture full on and in depth before I can even like set up infrastructure and places and things like that. That's just, that's just from my standpoint. So you're someone who's interested in rediscovering what our culture actually is and kind of looking at our roots. What are some of the things that you've learned that most people don't know? or that you think most people should have more of an awareness of? I think like the most important things, because I mean, there are probably a lot of things that I did um, find out after a time that I was like, oh, well, if I knew this, then this would have helped me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But for sure, we need to research and look in depth with our connection to Africa, first of all. So how, like... <laughs> how everything that happens in, in Africa actually affects us, whether we are actually there or not, because these people are our people. So what they go through, we go through, like when they were, when they were talking about slavery, which Africans do we think they were talking about? Those same people from that same place. So when we say, when we try to represent these people, we have to know about their history and culture, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible in itself is another thing that I think people need to actually um, get into and with an open mind rather than the process of thought where they think, well, oh, the white man wrote this to enslave the black people. Let's not look at this with race because at the end of the day, if we love one another, I don't think anything can go wrong. That, that, that's really my final answer. I feel like if we love one another, nothing at all can go wrong. That's a beautiful message. I mean, so many of our problems stem from greed, competition. The other day, I was collecting some soil on some land. Now, this is in the bush now, on mm-hmm. the side of the road, on the Cassie tree now. So now I'm literally clearing out grass and then looking for my little topsoil and putting it in the bag. And this guy pulls up and this guy asks, do you have permission to be on the land? And what is it you are reaping? I said, I'm just taking up some soil. Now I need to know, right? <laughs> Who do, what do I do? I go to the government and say, hi guys, I would love to get some topsoil off of this <laughs> land at this specific place. I'm like, come on. Earth is so abundant with wealth that is there for us all. Like, it belongs to no individual person. Where in Antigua are you from? Like, what are your, you know, your familial roots within the island? Let me tell you. (laughs) Well, I mean... I know I was born at Halberton Hospital. Like most I, of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grew up in um, just there in Green Bay. With All right. my Yeah, close to where my grandmother lives. With my dad and my mom, I lived in Green Bay for a while. And then we moved a couple places. So I've literally lived almost everywhere in Antigua, to be honest. Okay. In terms of movement. But now I basically station at the creek side that's out in um Golden Grove area at Big Creek in the Rastafari community. 
Yeah. And when did you actually join that community? You were really, I can't believe, right? Because it's just like, in my mind, it's just the other day, but it's like two and a half years, I think. And what went into that decision? Basically, I was seeking truth about life itself, like the mission, the purpose, like what are we really supposed to be doing? Like, because things are just running and mm-hmm. there's nothing going right all the time. And I know nothing could go right all the time, but for how chaos is going on, I just needed to know because I felt like I just didn't know anything and things were happening. But I wasn't in an environment outside where people were curious or people had the knowledge or people were willing to share the knowledge. So I just went into a space where I figured, yo, this place is literally focused on more positive than negative. It's more hardworking. There's more love. You feel that energy and frequency higher there than you do on the outside because everyone is so cold right now i just don't know how people are like you just can't even get the, like like young people will pass you and i don't even know if they know to say good afternoon or if i should say good afternoon because mm-hmm. then i don't know what the response is gonna be like how people think no it's just completely different so i just i needed to get away from that and just be in a space where I could process things differently with an with a more open mind then. Because right. then I had room to think about everything. I could analyze from two different perspectives, knowing that I came from one perspective and then I'm coming to see another one. So it sounds like being a part of this community has really like fed your soul in a very significant way. Yes, it really has. And to be honest, that space is just like home. That's just family. That's full on family. I consider everybody there to be family. Like there's nothing that I do that I don't get their full support. And I mean, we take care of one another. We plant with one another, eat from the same pot. You know, it's, it's just one big family really and truly. And that's how I feel like community should be. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's communal living. You know, everybody is supposed to be looking after everybody. So not just because those are my children mean, oh, I'll just look after my children and not yours. Because if I see yours going down the wrong road, I'm definitely going to guide them on the right path. Because you, I would want you to do that for mine if you ever see them going astray. What would you say to someone who hearing that would respond that that's not a realistic way that people can live in a large scale? It could only work for very small communities? I would say it's the people's mindset. So really and truly, if the masses was like unified, no matter the great number, I guarantee you, so long as everybody thought, well, hey, we are all family in this area, whether it's a city, mm-hmm. whether it's a whole country, like we are all family, we have to take care of one another to survive and sustain proper living. Whereas we don't have to depend on anyone else and we all just equally work and the work we put in, we all reap what we are supposed to reap because every man will get his pay according to the works done. So however your work may fit, whatever workload you can apply, you must get what you deserve for that. So I just feel once all that is taken into consideration, then I mean a community, no matter the, the scale, should be able to do that same thing. I think you make a really important point about the mindset, right? Because it really requires the buy-in from the people who are going to be the actors. Because if you have even one or two in there who 
you know, they come in with the greedy mindset or they come in with the, this can't possibly work, then it starts to create rips between everybody else. And this is why I think people need a lot more personal space and time with themselves to even know themselves. Because then when you strengthen your mind within yourself, if another person comes with doubt or any form of negative energy, it really doesn't bring you down as much and you still push forward in the positive. And if we have about seven people like that, and then there are just three people that decide they want to be ignorant or greedy or they want to think that way, those seven people can definitely overpower because good will always triumph over evil. None of those, none of those other things like greed and jealousy that they want to bring in will ever last. They won't. If you're not coming with love, which is the, the most everlasting thing, because it's the love of the most high that we are still here today, that we are alive today. So nobody can really defeat love. That's why I do everything with the most love right now. How do you think we could go about spreading this kind of mindset and spreading this kind of love, even to the people who aren't there yet, who don't recognize the value of being that way or thinking that way? Okay, I guess if I had to do it on a small scale, starting from Antigua, it would definitely be that we had to come up with a group of people with all positive messages. It doesn't have to be that you're an artist singing, whether it be creative in arts or whether it be any other aspect to life. We get all those people come together and we start doing either workshops or school tours, going into the schools or whatever the case may be. Because first of all, the youth which is the next generation to forward, are definitely the future. And if you're not taking care of your future, then trust me, everything you're doing there is a waste of time. It's a waste. So we definitely need to go tackling the youths, their mind, first of all. And then, I mean, eventually, when all the youths and they're moving in a positive light, I guarantee you everybody else around will automatically fit in and then the filtering out will take place. Like, who's not supposed to be will leave? and who shall be will be. Funny you should say that, because that's actually like the idea behind the new grassroots, which is this organization. And I don't know, man, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that it will get to that point where we're actually starting to see the shift take place on a, a larger scale throughout the country, because it's so needed. Definitely. Well, I actually commend this movement and the forward mission because I'm not gonna lie, like I don't, I don't know anybody else that's trying to do something like this for that reason or a reason similar to that more time people are just doing things to personal gain yeah and i feel like one thing i want everyone to know for sure right do not do anything that you do on a regular basis just because you get money for it that to me make no sense you are the money what you possess, what skill you have, what you apply practice to and deliver as a service, that has worth. So then they put paper in your hand to tell you that what you just did there is worth this. The more you work and perfect that is the more of the money you get. So it's automatic. So now... Just find five things that you like to do. Apply yourself to um, try them like each month. Like for five months, you those five things, in each month you do a different one. 
whichever one you feel like you love doing the most, like you just love doing that. If, if, even if you weren't getting paid to do it, mm-hmm. you just do it for the rest of your life. You see, when you find that one, that is what you need to know. Go research, find the history, the science, the every aspect of that. Dive into that. Get better at that. Perfect that. And once you do that because you so love it, your money cannot stop coming. So just don't think about the money first. Because then you're gonna you're thinking that's that's where the love of money comes in. Mm-hmm. And we don't need that because that's the root of evil, and evil can't prosper in at this time. Good must triumph, which is love. So once you're doing it for the love, everything must come after. And speaking of doing things for the love and not for the accolades or the likes or the money, um, you've been using social media to promote your music and promote your positive message, but what's your overall feeling on the influence of social media in our culture right now? Because that's one of the big forces that I, th- I think personally is driving a lot of like narcissism and materialism. So what is your take on that? I would say that it does that. It does. However, those things were there still before. It's just easier accessible now because it's all over the media, which everyone can access. So even down to these things that are created, like the social media platforms and how distracting people say they can be, it's just based on how much control an individual has over their mind. If you sit on a Mac every time you get up, the first thing you do is take up your phone and go scrolling in the Instagram, scrolling from Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp status. You, you literally set your mind to do all that and then you don't want to move out your bed. And then you, you, don't, you, you basically don't do anything throughout the day but scroll. And then I'm like, what do you expect? That's when it becomes bad because now you're technically addicted to it. Yep. You can't go without not having your phone. Like I, I know people that literally cannot exist on earth without having their phone. Oh, yeah. Plenty that of don't make no sense to me. Plenty that don't make no sense to me. That don't, I lit, currently, currently, I do not have a phone. And I'm not going to lie. This is probably like an on and off normal. But it's just because I haven't purchased a phone for myself, right? It's always either a second hand or like a, you know, just a refurbish, I fix that. Or So right now I'm currently without a phone and I've been without a phone for weeks and I'm fine because then I get to, you know, tackle the things I actually need to get done. Mm-hmm. I don't get distracted. Like people say the only thing is that the people who are important and need to get to you might not be able to. But I'm like, yo, the people that are important and need to get to me, know where I am. I am only in a few places. And they are always in contact with me so much that if I am to not have a phone, they know where to find me. So that's that's literally how you narrow down the people that you actually talk to and that are really important in your life. The minute you don't have a phone and you can still talk to a set of people, you know those are the real ones. Yeah. Like I literally have a handful of like, okay, probably two handfuls and somewhere, on the <laughs> you know, over there. But I mean, it's a, it's a good amount of people that I definitely can say, yo, I don't have a phone and these people still find ways to get to me, talk to me. 
you know, all the time, every day. It happens. They are those people. And I give thanks to those people. They are very genuine. Yeah, and it's really important to find those genuine people and maintain your connections with them. Yes, because those are the kind of people you need around you that show the genuine energy. So especially when you're going wrong, they're going to pull you up. They will tell you. They're not gonna. They're not gonna watch you do the wrong. Mm-hmm. What is next for you in terms of your career? What you're doing? What are some of the goals that you have? You know, set for yourself. What is next for me right now is definitely trying my utmost best to get these songs done within a timely manner so that I can start releasing. As I've really been holding back so much, I know people are literally just annoyed. They are saying, hey, we are ready for the music. Amen. And you're wasting time. So please, <laughs> like I've gotten death threats. All what? Yeah, That's been- excessive. Hey, I've been threatened for my life if I don't put their music out. All right. You got the so, pressure on now. Yeah, man. So right now, for sure, I'm definitely working on that aspect. A few goals that I have set is definitely to see Heartbeat Sessions is one of the businesses that I've started. It's an acoustic session, really, but it's also a movement. And we plan to start a few school tours as well and workshops to teach children more in the music field about you know all different aspects whether it be you want to play instruments sing you know the business like a lot of the different aspects of music are what we're trying to teach the youths them from a young age because right. as, as you see like in jamaica right and i use them as a prime example they have schools that are built for creatives mm-hmm. so they literally have like a pot full of creatives that just overthrow every time every time every time we we have limited musicians and for the ones that we do have they're stuck in a in a meditation that i feel is is not the best way to think about things because we're just regurgitating a lot of other people's work and we're mm-hmm. not studying to create our own and then right. what do we have for ourselves besides now oh he actually could play the bass you should hear him play a bob marley song you should hear him play this. You should. What about his music? You know, as a musician, you want to be recognized for things like that. And so I really come to terms with that. And I'm just really trying to make sure that as a part of my biggest goal, that we get a lot of the youths, them right now, involved in music heavy, heavy, heavy. And so for anyone who's listening to this, who for whatever reason may not already be familiar with you or following you, let us know where we can find you online and where we can follow you and get connected that way. Alrighty. Okay. So if you're looking to follow me on any social media platform, just make sure you type in Jubba Music. That's J-U-B-A-M-U-S-I-C. And uh, yeah, you definitely find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube as well. That's Joba Music on everything. Thank you so much, Juba. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. And hopefully we'll be able to connect at some point again. Well, thank you so much for having me and definitely anything for the grassroots. for listening to this episode of Grassroots Radio. If you enjoyed the conversation, show some love and help spread the word. You can do that by subscribing on Apple, 
Google, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Already subscribed? Consider leaving a five-star review. It helps other people find the show. If you have an idea for someone you want to see featured or a topic you want us to cover, let us know. DM us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at grassrootsANU or email us at thenewgrassroots at gmail.com. For more about NGR, visit us at thenewgrassroots.com. Until next time, this is... Grassroots Radio.